Please pray with me. Lord Jesus, we come this morning aware, ever knowing, ever knowledgeable of our total lack of ability, Lord, of our sinfulness, of our uselessness for you. But Lord, we come to knowing that it is in the waters of baptism that you have brought us from death to life. And so I pray now as we open your word, as we study it this morning, that you would not just be present, but that you would send your spirit to us to teach us how we still are dependent on you each and every single day. So send your spirit now that as we hear your word, we would believe it, and that by believing it, we would become doers of it. Jesus, we pray in your perfect and holy name. So we're beginning a new sermon series, as we said at the start of worship here, called Water and Wine. Water and Wine. So for the next four weeks, we're going to look at those things. Baptism for two weeks, and then Holy Communion for the next two. And we're going to see the wonderful ways, the wonderful things that our God does and delivers to us in water and in simple wine as well. And so today we start part one of Baptism where we're going to see how God does all the work for his children. I'd like you to start, though, to imagine, whether it's a few years or many years, think back to when you saw or had little kids. And just how beautiful it is to watch them become, to grow, to be more independent. How cool it is, how special it is to watch them be able to move their body around all by themselves, whether it's crawling or walking. How special it is, how unique it is to see them be able to communicate with words to you, to tell you what they desire and what they want. And then, of course, it goes on and on as they go to school one day, as they learn many things, even as they grow up to be an adult, too. It's beautiful to watch a child grow to become more and more independent, isn't it? Even our society believes this. They gauge, if you will, the amount of success that you have depending on how independent you truly are. If you don't need help from someone else, if you can pay your bills on your own, if you're free to live as a sole person, as a sole family, a sole individual, independent. Prove this point, consider this. There's a difference between two situations here. On one hand, we feel much more comfortable if our child were to tell us, hey, I don't think I'm ready to get a job yet, and so after college, I'm going to take a year off and then go to grad school. We're okay with that, we're comfortable with that. But we're much less comfortable if they were to tell us, hey, I don't really feel like working right now, and so I'm just going to come home and live at home, and, and I'll figure it out eventually, right? We're less comfortable with that sort of thing. And in fact, our society even has a word for that. We call it failure to launch, right? Now, I'm not saying that staying at home is a bad thing. I did that for a whole year, and it was a great experience. I highly recommend it. But it proves a point. That our society, our world, and yes, even we too, believe that success, that children are all meant to grow up to be more and more independent. 
the same is true for our lives of faith, isn't it? We know that we have to grow up in the faith, that you can't stay like a child forever, that you have to eventually learn more, that you have to eventually grow in your faith. I mean, after all, we believe at St. Luke that a follower of Jesus does three actionable words, right? We gather and we what? We grow and then we go. And so we too here, we believe that you have to grow as a child of God. But what if? What if we had it all backwards? What if we had it all backwards? What if growing in our faith was not about becoming more and more independent, but the exact opposite? What if in baptism we see just how helpless we were before we were brought to the font, but just how helpless we still are today? So part of the reason that we get this wrong, part of the reason we have this wrong understanding, this misunderstanding of what it means to grow in our faith is because we don't read the readings of Jesus' interaction with children with the right context, the right frame of mind on. Because as we read them, we read into the the text, into the readings, what we think about children and our experience, the, the high value, the high honor, the high respect that we have for kids in today's day and age. But when we do that, we're just like the disciples who misunderstand what Jesus is saying. Because in the ancient world, things were much, much different for children. They viewed them in a totally different way. One commentator said it this way about children, that they were viewed as foolish, helpless, and at times unimportant. Foolish, helpless, and at times unimportant. And so then we can imagine why when children are coming to Jesus, the disciples say, no, 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 stay away, keep them away. Jesus corrects their misunderstanding. Jesus looks at that little helpless, dependent child and says, stop their coming from me. Keep their coming to me. Allow them to come to me because to them, the kingdom of heaven, the reign of heaven belongs to them. And in just those few simple words, Jesus flips entirely on its head what it means to enter into the kingdom of God. Because before, before it had to be an adult, you had to be able to choose to come to him. Before you had to be able to know what you were doing, to make a conscious choice, make a conscious effort, if you will. But now Jesus looks at these little children and he says, to you, to you who are helpless, to you who are needy, to you who can't do anything on your own, the kingdom of heaven belongs to you. And that's exactly, that is exactly what happened to you in your baptism. You were helpless. You were needy. You were just as dead as a stapler is. You couldn't meet God halfway. No, God had to come down and do 100% of the work for you. 
And he did. He came to give to you new life, salvation, and the forgiveness of all of your sins. He came to baptize you and make you his child. That's what happens in baptism for you. But do you notice what we don't say, the language, the vocabulary that we don't use? We don't say that God baptizes you and makes you an adult of God. Frankly, it sounds and feels weird coming out of my mouth to say those words. No. The language we use, the language the scriptures use over and over and over again is a child of God. A child of God. That same commentator says this a little bit later too. That in our life as followers of Jesus, in our life of discipleship as we follow after him, in our relationship with God, one never ceases to be a dependent child. One never ceases to be a dependent child. Said in another way, you were helpless at the font, and you are still helpless and dependent today. Nothing's changed. Except the fact that God has come down He has called you by name, and he's made you his child, and he's promised to give you every single thing that you need in this body and life. And that changes. changes everything. Because now we truly see who we are. We truly see how we stand in our lives of faith. That we stand every single day as a person who lives on life support. Because you know, if it's a feeding tube or a ventilator, if you take those away, if you remove those sort of things, the lungs will stop breathing. A person will eventually die because they're not getting the right nutrition. In the same way, God has come to us. He's given us what we need. But the greatest lie that we could tell ourselves is that now that we've been helpless before, that now somehow our goal is to grow up and to become more and more independent in our lives of faith. No. We are still in need to be connected to the well that gives to us life-giving water, the bread that gives to us the food that we need for this life. And so in that way, we are still like a person who is connected to life support. And it's why you're here. It's why we come here week after week. It's why we open our Bibles day after day, why we go to our Lord in prayer day after day, moment after moment, because we know our need, because we know that we were helpless before, that we're helpless still now unless God comes to us and continues to deliver us from death to life each and every single day. So as we continue to follow after him, as we continue to seek his will, we recognize our need. That we had no part to play before, and that it still isn't up to us. But that it's our almighty, our all-powerful God at work in us, creating the faith that we have, sustaining the faith that we have. And so now, that definition of what it means to grow, it looks completely different. Completely backwards. Sure, it's cool, it's special to watch a kid grow up. But real, beautiful dependence, really beautiful growth, comes not 
Not from growing to be more independent, but from growing to become more and more like a child who depends more and more and more on your God. And your God's promise to you that as you do that is he will always give you what you need every single day. Because he is the one who's brought you from death to life. And to that, our response is simply, thanks be to God. Amen? Amen. Amen.